0: You're listening to DA Rockstars Podcast, a podcast for dental assistants. I'm your host, Rhonda Holman. I've been a dental assistant for 20 years and I've learned a thing or two along the way. And here's what I've learned. We have to band together to share our pearls so that we can all grow and achieve rockstar status. guys, thanks for tuning in DA Rockstars. Thank you so much for hitting play this week. You are so lucky we got to sit down with Holly Feller. She's a third year dental student and we're going to talk about the magic that happens when you see the profession of dentistry from both sides of the chair. Well, hi guys. Welcome back to the show. I have a very special guest on with us this week. Holly, go ahead. Can you just introduce yourself real quick? And then I'm going to tell these guys why you're so special.
1: Yeah. Um, so my name is Holly Feller. I am a third year dental student at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston,
0: South Carolina. That's amazing. Okay. So uh, here, here's where I, I'm going to lead into this. So you're not just a third year dental student. School- school student. You, you have been on both sides. Like I, I, we wanted to highlight your story because um, I think it's very imperative that a lot of dentists uh, maybe dabble in the different team roles. And, and you did spend some time as a dental assistant, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: And so what made you decide to, you know, while you're on this path to becoming a dentist, decide to try out dental assisting?
1: So um, between first and second year, we get one summer off and it's considered the last summer of our lives. And I determined that, you know, I wanted to do something dental related. I wanted to see how an actual office works, you know, because we don't get a lot of that in dental school. Like in dental school, we learn how to do dentistry and we don't learn how to run a business and we don't learn how to, you know, have an effective team really. And I wanted to see from like the dental assistant side, how... I could more efficiently be a good leader in my practice because, you know, there's a lot of things that go through your brain as a dental assistant that the dentist doesn't understand, you know, Oh my gosh, I have to clean this operatory in five minutes. Like, what does that mean? Like I have to pour up an impression, you know, I've given you the wrong instrument. I feel like my life's over kind of thing, you know? So I just wanted to see how I could more effectively have a practice that everybody likes to go to work every day. And, you know, there's stuff that dental assistants talk about behind the doctor's back and, you know, and it's true, and and the doctor doesn't really notice any of that, you know. And I think that being a assistant has helped me see how to make my assistants happier with their job, and they're an integral part of the practice, you know.
0: Right, and understanding the magnitude of the role, I think, is super important for for any dentist. Um, you know, I, I think I I talked to you about this before we started recording, but. Um, in the last 20 years, I've had the pleasure of getting to work with several dentists that uh, have been ex- dental assistants at some point in their career. Uh, in fact, the the, the the group of dentists that I work for now, they're two females, and uh, one was a dental assistant turned hygienist turned dentist, and the other dentist was a dental assistant for five years and then went to dental school. So I, I truly believe there's a magic to that, that theory of being able to see it from each side of the chair. Uh, in in order to be an effective leader, just like you said. So, okay, real quick, what made you decide that you wanted to be a dentist? Where did this stem from?
1: Oh, my gosh, that's a long story. Um, (laughs) But to cut it short, um, I had an awesome dentist as a kid. My grandparents um, would always go to him, and I swear they were there more than they were home. Um, so I would always go with him and, you know, he'd see that I was bored and I was a little kid. So he let me start typing on his typewriter up front, you know, like that's how old his office was. And, um, then he started like letting me go in the back and watch stuff. And he'd always be like, Hey, Holly, you want to be a dentist, right? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So like at the right age of five, I decided my career <laughs> and, um, It's super funny because like nobody actually wants to be a dentist when they're five, but I guess I did. And then I decided, hey, I want to be a marine biologist. And then I went to undergrad as a marine biology major, realized that there's no jobs, realized that I still love dentistry. So I shadowed, decided I loved it even more. And I like the art and the science and the people, you know, and shadowed a couple bad ones, shadowed a couple good ones. And I realized, you know, kind of how I want to make my career.
0: See, that's a great, you know, my husband is a fighter pilot or was, I guess we're retired now. And, and he had the same story. Anybody who puts that much effort into a career path, you know, from an early age, that's what you were born to do.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, and I just love doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, dentistry is, it's an amazing career field. Like I'm so proud of you for picking this career path because it is truly a way to affect lives, especially now that we're connecting the oral systemic relationship, especially the fact that we can see so many signs in the mouth that that leads to overall health of a person and we can catch things early now, you know, with the the science is finally in the literature is there and and you realize that you're not just a tooth doctor, you actually get to to be an, an integral part of somebody's overall health. And especially Absolutely. now that you're coming into dentistry at this day and age with technology, oh my goodness. Like I, what is it like with your professors? I mean, the ones who probably have been practicing dentistry for, you know, several decades, seeing the advancements in technology. I think
1: that that's such a cool thing because I have a couple older professors, you know, one who has built the school practically out of amalgam, and that's his favorite thing in the whole world and gets super sad when we use composite. And then we have, you know, our two younger professors who travel around the world and talk about digital dentistry. And we have a huge steric program in aesthetics and we have like machine guided implants for surgeries and stuff like that. And, you know, it's cool to see both sides and, and even the older dentists are starting to get into that stuff. You know, even the guy that built the school out of amalgam, he really enjoys doing a lot of the newer stuff as well. And I think it's just really cool seeing how things are going to progress and, how I'm going to kind of go to the side and machines and assistants are going to take over for me. So I
0: think that's kind of cool. It's, it's really exciting seeing the possibilities. Like I was just listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about AI being able to uh, take an FMX and diagnose uh, pre-existing conditions off of the teeth for you. Like the software is going to get so smart to where you actually get to hone in on the people side of the, the practice. You know all of the little things, all the nuances that dentists have had had to take account for, and and maybe pull away from that chairside time with the patient. We're we're able to use technology in a way that we we can actually focus on the the person more. And and I I'm so excited to see what your career is going to look like, especially knowing with all this budding technology. <laughs> it's going to be pretty. Yeah, spooky. I love that.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because I think a lot of my, my stuff is, you know, I, I like to be with the people. That's why I went into dentistry. Like all the other stuff is just, you know, on the side, like, yeah, that makes me money. But I enjoy like hanging out with people. You know, I have some great patients that are my friends now, I think. So, yeah.
0: it It, it is, you know, and, and we, uh, unfortunately, teeth, you don't have to have teeth to live. And so more and more, especially when people are becoming insurance dependent, they think of teeth as elective. And if you truly connect with a person and, and you build a relationship and you build value and you educate them properly, I think that's what truly makes the difference when picking a dentist. You know, I'm going to come to somebody who I know truly cares about my oral health. You know, someone who, exactly. who connects with me on an emotional level um, you know, so that I can bring my mom and dad in, or I can bring my children in and 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 recommend you to my friends, friends who have kids, or you know someone is in need of a dentist. Like instead of just picking through the phone book like we used to do, and you have no idea what kind of dentist you're gonna get with technology and with social media now, like you get to meet the provider before you even walk in the door. So I think personality is something that I really I really um, value in a good dentist. And, and having that chair side time that you did with as being a dental assistant, I I, I truly believe that the the dental assistants, one of their major uh, functions in the practice is communicating and um, empathizing with the patient. I think that we are kind of like the caregivers, you know, like we're, we're it's funny, cause I talked to my dentist a lot about this. And I said, I'm really fortunate that I'm not a dentist. And she looks at me like with weird eyes. I'm like, no, seriously, like, I get to know a little bit about everything so that I can be really good at this. You have to know everything about everything. <laughs> exactly. Imagine, yeah, that's the hard yeah part. Like, There's a reason that you delegate and you hire your weaknesses and, and, and until technology catches up with everything, you're like, okay, well the people skills, that's what you need. You need the people skills.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: And I've worked with dentists that don't have them and I'm like picking up the slack as an assistant, you know, trying to like, oh, let's talk about, you know, food or whatever, you know, random, like awkward topics
0: to talk about as a dentist is super antisocial. Well, yeah, Yeah. they they used to get away with that. I worked with a guy once um, and it was funny because I had a patient come up to me. And of course this, this um, gentleman was older and he was slightly um, uh, mean. I'll just say mean, he was mean. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because the patients said that I picked this dentist because he is mean. I'm like, well, why did you pick him? Because he's mean. She said, because that must mean he's really good at what he does. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> sure that's how that works. <laughs> uh, right. But it was the yeah. older generation that's how, that, that their thought process was. If somebody is super intelligent and really good at what they did, they didn't have to have good chair side manner. <laughs> right. <laughs> the sides it's are so crazy. not true. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Oh, man, I love this. Okay, so... um uh, let's dive into this. So your third year, so you have one more year. What are your plans when you graduate dental school? Are you thinking about starting up a practice, purchasing a practice, going into a group? Have you thought that far?
1: <laughs> um, I've thought kind of far. I really have been enjoying Cario. Um, So residency is kind of an option for me. Um, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington, and all my family's there, so I'm kind of thinking about moving back and working with maybe one of the doctors that I had assisted, Um, if he, because I know he's kind of wanting to get out of his practice a little bit, he was a great mentor, you know, he taught me how to make a temp crown in 15 minutes while my classmates are like, you know, their jaws dropped to the ground while they're all struggling for hours, (laughs) but um, which is true, like, oh my gosh, dental students, we don't know how to make temporary crowns, like, we need you guys so much for that um, but yeah, so I'm thinking maybe, you know, joining a group practice, I'd love to get in with an older dentist that's, you know, looking to get out for do an associateship with him for a while or something, you know, and just learn as much as I possibly can before I go into my own practice. Because when you get out, you still don't know everything at all. Um, so I think that definitely learning from somebody who's done it for 50 years rather than learning from a textbook can be invaluable to me at least so I don't know there's a few options you know depending on what I like going into fourth year and stuff I've, I've done quite a bit of dentistry so far which I'm lucky because not a lot of people get to do it so much in their third year but I don't know we'll see where I go
0: <laughs> I, I love that especially you know with implants being a way of the future for tooth replacement I think periodontists are in high demand and mm-hmm. uh, and proper placement you know, we're still, exactly. there's still a learning curve there. So I think a residency is an amazing idea because, <laughs> you know, we've got you crown down guys, crown down, you design crown down and then you get your surgical exactly. Guys. <laughs> if you put that in exactly, it, there's optimal bone. That doesn't mean I can make a tooth fit there aesthetically.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I like perio, but I also like crowns and stuff. So I'm kind of thinking of doing general, but like expanding what I do to do what I like, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's, so we'll see. That is the key. You have to find out what you like out the gate because mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to invest further. And we see this so many times, especially when some dentists are greenhorns, if you will, they, they will go in and they'll be sold on the shiny new object. Like Jules says, and, <laughs> and next thing you know, you know, you've got this brand new endo system that costs, you know, $25,000 and you hate doing root canals. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so and no one me <laughs> it's very it's a huge investment and especially you know i think there's a lot of dental assistants that have seen dentists over the years you know make some poor choices and and that's kind of why we're here as the DA rockstars is to to help you know cuz we're going to bend your ear we're going to we're going to hear about systems we're going to hear about new ways of doing things and that way you can you know make a better rounded decision when it comes to implementing new services in your practice
1: exactly and I don't want to have a procedure that all my assistants absolutely hate doing you know like sure if I at a point I'm going to do what I want but I also I don't want something that my assistants are like man she's not that great at this and I hate assisting her for it and I'm going to fall asleep in the chair kind of thing you know so I just I want everybody in my team to you know be all on board with the same kind of stuff so I think that that's a great thing to talk to everybody and figure out what people like to do so I mean for an assistant if I was an assistant again I would definitely tell the doctor kind of stuff you know like do you really need this fancy new thing (laughs) or can you do like the two root canals that you end up doing a year on number eight you know can you do those freehand I think you can you know (laughs) stuff like that so
0: wisely and you know this is what I I, you're going to be you know a small business owner and uh, as far as dental school like what are What's the curriculum for running the small business part of it? It's
1: very slim to none. Um, We haven't had it yet, but I know that they have practice management classes, and I think we have, like, two. So we we actually had a guy come in and talk to us. I want to say it was our first year, and he's telling us, you know, look at all this debt that you're going to be in. Like, you don't understand what debt is because currently you're being paid every month to live and the school's being paid but you don't realize like the interest you're accruing all that kind of stuff you know and he's like when you get out for the first couple years you're used to living like a poor college student continue to live like a poor college student because you're used to it and make up that money and you know I hope for the best when it comes to running a small business. Like this is what a tax is, but you know, it's sad because I think we basically need to be a business major to go into dental school. If you want to run your business. So.
0: I agree with that. You know, I, I I was kind of hoping you would say, Oh, well they've really got it together now. Uh, (laughs) They're helping us be leaders and, and, and figuring out how to hire our weaknesses. Like that's, and that comes to, to account for the character of the dentist too, is, somebody who sees the value and understanding all parts, all aspects of it and going out of your way. I know you're probably, your brain is full of information, but the the minute you hit go, you know, just taking as many CEs, you know, finding the resources that are out there that are really going to help you work on your people skills, work on your business skills, how to delegate. Cause that's, I think that's the hardest for a lot of dentists is, um, you know, that burden of the practice, it falls on your shoulders. But if if you aren't trained properly to, like I said, hire your weaknesses and, and work with people, work with patients, it's it just, it's a really hard, um it's really, it's really hard not get to get stressed out. I've seen it. I too agree. Many times.
1: Yeah, they always tell us, you know, the easiest part of being a dentist is the dentistry. Oh, and the yeah. hardest part is, the, the business and, and it's true and it's funny because when I worked as an assistant you know that was a lot before we went into the clinic like we had some clinical time and stuff we'd feed patients and done like min, minuscule trophies like I thought they were like super hard at the time and I'm like oh gosh I wasn't doing anything but um we saw them and you know I noticed my classmates not to say anything bad about them because I love everybody that I go to school with but they act we act like robots they treat like we work on plastic teeth we open mannequins mouths and turn their heads till they break, you know, and, and you don't know how to work on somebody that's breathing. And when I was an assistant, you know, I, I used to watch all the the stuff that my dentist would say. And one thing that he said that I think was like the most important for me working with the patient that has actually like gotten good results is I asked him, what questions do you have for me rather than, do you have any questions? Because that makes somebody think, you know, and then they sit there and like, you know what, yeah, I was actually wondering this, and and a lot of my classmates have picked up on that, that I've noticed because I hear what questions do you have for me coming out of every, like, couple operatories, you know, and I think it helps, like, a lot of the stuff that I learned as an assistant has helped me be a better people person when it comes to patients, because I've dealt with dentists who have dealt with patients for 40 plus years, you know, and it's, it's helped. And I think I can alleviate a lot of people's stress because they're like, wow, you're just so like calm and chill. And like, you talk to me, like I'm a real human, you know, where otherwise people are like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. How are you? You know,
0: so I think that was good. Yeah. Instead they're being dictated to, instead of being a part of the treatment plan. And, and I think, you know, that's one of those people skills that, that, you know, a, a rockstar dentist has when they, when they, when they pull up that IOC and say, you know, what do you see here? You know, it just mm-hmm. involving them because they're emotionally invested in the condition of their mouth. That way you don't have ownership as the dentist over their condition. I've done everything I can to educate you. I've let you co-diagnose with me. And that just takes off a whole chunk of stress that most small business dentists have, uh, you know, it's just, oh gosh, you know, how do I fill my schedule? You, well, here's how you do it. You, you do the right thing. You live ethically and you help your patients co-diagnose. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've had a lot of people, they're embarrassed by their mouth, you know, because of our school where we um, charge about a third of private practice. And so a lot of the people that come to us have been people who haven't been to the dentist in, you know, 12, 15 years. They're embarrassed by their mouths. They think they look terrible. You know, they come to me and they think that they're a lost cause. And when I go to treatment planning, which is actually an appointment that I have this afternoon, I tell people, you know, yeah, it's not great. You have all these issues, but the good thing is you're here and we can have them fixed, you know, and, and people love hearing that. Like people are so, I think like 90% of the reason they don't come back to the dentist is because they're embarrassed and they hear how much it's going to cost. And they just want to kind of hide that and just go away, you know? And I would too, like if I had that kind of stuff going on, I wouldn't want to like be around and have you know, spending thousands and thousands of dollars on my teeth when I think that I'm a lost cause, you know, and like, I just think that helping them and sitting down and face to face and being at their level, because a lot of people just stand over the top of them. And I've seen dentists do that. And I'm like, don't, don't stand over your patient. Like they're the one that's paying you at the end of the day. They're the most important person in the chair, you know? Yeah. So,
0: no, it's, yeah. it's so true because, um, you, you can't make someone love something. Like, what is that? You can't lead a horse to, to water and make them drink. Uh, It's the whole, you know, like I can dictate to you all day. I can tell you everything that's right, everything that's wrong. But if I, if I don't um, instill value and that, that comes from that people skill, like, you know, you're just somebody else who's going to tell me that I'm doing something wrong. Nobody wants to hear that they're doing something wrong. They would rather exactly. be with the things that they've done right. You got here. I'm so proud of you. Like these are small skills that help you build a successful practice. And it's it's, okay. it's amazing yep. that you're already implementing that in third year. <laughs> That's absolutely. I mean, awesome. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. um, so what? Okay, let's see. I have some more questions for you. Okay, um, as a dental assistant, when you were chairside. What would be some words of advice for other dental assistants, you know, being able to see it from both sides now that you have this clinical experience as the dentist or, you know, on your way to doing so, what would be some Mm -hmm. words of wisdom that you would share with other dental assistants that are maybe new or that don't necessarily have that passion yet? Most of our listeners, as you can tell, are kind of the elite if you will, like they're the ones who are the rock stars out in the world that are listening to a podcast when they're not at work, that tells them how to be better at work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I would say, first of all, because when
1: I started assisting, I knew absolutely nothing about assisting. So thank goodness I had people to help me. And I think, like the number one thing to ask like as a new assistant is to ask the doctor what they want like you can't read their mind and i hope that they wouldn't expect that although they probably will sometimes um you know i i always when i talked to my assistant when i was an assistant i always wanted the doctor to tell me exactly what they wanted i didn't like because i don't know you know so i want to know how they do the procedure i want to know why they do the procedure I want to talk to them like they're a human being. And if they don't talk to you and have a conversation with you, you're probably in the wrong spot anyway. So I would say, and then that, and then just breathe. Like every, nobody's innately good at dentistry, you know, like that is not a skill that you're born with to be like, wow, I'm great at doing like tooth doctoring. Like that's not a thing. So I think that, you know, breathing Talking to your doctor, realizing that when we're asking for an instrument and we hold our hands out, like, it's not, and you give us the wrong one. I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Like, I, I think that <laughs> people think that their doctor is more angry than they are. So yes. I and I thought that too, as an assistant, I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. Like, I'm going to get fired. It was my very first day. You know, I left Algent and a guy's beard. He wasn't very happy and that was stressful. And I thought the doctor was going to murder me. And he was like, okay, cool. You know what? That's yep. Yeah, don't do it again. You know? So like, I think that just keeping your cool, thinking they're not mad at you before you realize they actually are, you know, and, and just talking to them and having an open line of communication where you can both come up with, you know, if you're worried about stuff, like have keywords words, be like, Hey, I don't know what to hand you. And like have the doctor point, you know, stuff like that. Or, If you're worried if the doctor is pulling a wrong tooth, I would say, Doctor, you have a hole in your glove, you know? And then they'd step back for a minute and be like, Oh, okay. You know? So I think just little things like that and just open communication and realizing that they're a human too. (laughs) Yeah. When I assisted, I thought my dentist wasn't a human at all. I was like, Oh gosh, like he's a robot. He's really good at this. Like he hates me, you know? Like that kind of stuff. But I think that that leads to a lot of unnecessary stress.
0: Yes, communication. And that's, it's funny you say that, Holly, because for the first 10 years or so, that's, okay, actually, let's say the first two years, I didn't communicate with my doctor. I got everything wrong. I was never able to anticipate their needs because I wasn't communicating. And then I realized that was the key to success. Let me pick your brain. Why are you using this? Why do you need to do that? Why do you need to see this? Like all of these things, because over the years, it becomes that muscle memory. Like, I know why my dentist needs this carver next. Instead of, it's just right. what comes next in the procedure. Like actually looking at the tooth, looking at what the dentist is looking at, and then understanding their thought process, it uh, it becomes second nature. And that's why I love when I see these doctor, dental assistant teams that have been doing it for decades together. It's like this fine dance. They don't even need words anymore. It's just amazing to see that type of relationship build. And and, and it's it's a career passion, right? I mean, because they're going to be learning together, doing things together, evolving together, and, and that all stems from communication. Exactly. And I find, like, I, I worked at a practice that had a lot of temp assistance and stuff, and
1: that was just, like, the hardest possible, like, job I could imagine, because none of them knew anything about the office. They didn't know how the doctors worked. You know, one of them didn't even realize our doctor was left-handed until she set up the room the wrong side, you know, and it's it, it's sad, and, like, I think when... I go out into practice. I just want to find an assistant. They don't have to be experienced in my opinion. Like I got taught by a doctor who is great how to do things. And he told me why. And I thought it was probably because I was going to be, a de- you know, I'm a dental student. I figured he was going to tell me his, you know, rationale for everything. And he did, but it also helped me in this assistant. And I just want to teach my assistant. I love teaching people. I love dentistry and I love to explain why we're doing it because I love the art and science. And I think that You know,
0: once they learn that kind of stuff, like, that's invaluable. It really is. So, I agree. For those dental assistants out there, because you touched on a point I really want to turn back to. Um, You don't require that your assistant has experience. However, we see it constantly where dental assistants say that they're not getting hired because of lack of experience where do you see this vortex? Like where, where, I mean, is it just isolated? And I just happen to see it a lot that dental assistants complain about not getting hired um, because of their lack of experience, or is it something that maybe in your opinion stems from something else? Maybe it's a, a resume or a, their appearance or something like that.
1: So I think it it depends on the doctor you're talking to. So I think a lot of the ones that are to the point in their career where they want to give back and they want to teach, or they're in the point in their career where I'm going to be, where I'm starting out and I want my assistant to be fresh so they can learn from me and they can, I can tailor them to exactly how I want them to be. You know what I mean? Like some assistants are set in their ways, just like the doctors, and I think that that's great too. But I think it just really depends on what doctor you get with and what they're looking for in their practice because. Um, I worked for two. So I worked for one that was a very high volume practice, downtown Seattle, Washington, you know, it was big. And he had an assistant that had been an assistant forever and she was great. And he didn't really have a lot of time to teach me. So if you're in like a high volume practice, you're a young dentist, you want somebody that's going to always have your back, then sure, have one that has a little more experience. But if you're in a slower, slower volume practice where you have time and like, Effort and you want to teach somebody how to do it. I think that both can be a really valuable asset to you, even if you hire, you know, a brand new one and you have an assistant that's been with you for 20 years. You know, I think that's a really good dynamic, too. So I don't think it's their resume, I don't think it's how they look. I think that it really depends on what the doctor is looking for as a dynamic for their office, at least in my opinion.
0: So, I guess the piece of advice I would take away from that is, if you are a dental assistant struggling to find employment, make sure that you're putting your resume into the right practice. Right. Do, you, do, your, yeah, so do would... your due diligence to to see, you know, if if this is, it. you know, before you even get disappointed, just go in there and make sure that you're you're looking at the 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 positions available that would suit your needs and your experience, right? Exactly. So I feel like if
1: you're a new assistant and you're worried, you know, that, hey, you know, I don't, I'm not perfect at doing this quite yet. And I'm a little bit concerned that, you know, the doctor's not going to want that. Well, I think that, you know, potentially start in the smaller practice, figure out what their dynamic of their office is, you know, go in, Just hang out for a little bit, and it's very clear. At least in my opinion, at least in the first, like, half hour that you're there, you can see what kind of dynamic their office is. You can see if they're double booking chairs. You can see if, you know, oh, no, the assistant took a bad impression. Now what? Like, everybody in the whole world does that, but, you know, they'll they'll rap on you more because you're a brand new one. But if they have time to teach you, I think that you can be molded into even better assistant if you just start in an office that wants to teach rather than one that you're just constantly stressed out about, you know? So, you
0: so Holly, you know what? All of the things that you said were absolutely amazing. And um, I completely agree. Like, I think not only is the dentist hiring the right person for the team, but that team member needs to hire the right dentist in a way. Does that make sense? Like exactly. I, I've been through so many offices where I literally cried at the end of the day because I felt like all I did was disappoint. And 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 I think there's a lot of dentists, you know, of your variety out there that actually enjoy education. They you enjoy helping people find their full potential. And and if there's a dental assistant out there that's struggling and and they were me, you know, 20 years ago crying every day, then you probably didn't find the right practice.
1: Right. And there's so many out there that you can find, you know, like just because you got hired into one doesn't mean you're going to not be hired into another one that's going to be even better. So why not? I worked for two in one summer, you know, one didn't work out. I went home crying every day. And then I worked for one that taught me stuff that I use in middle school every day. So I think that, yeah, you just need to hire the practice that's right for you. Not everybody loves the crazy, busy practice. And some people don't even like to sit down and I don't know who they are, but some of people are out there. So, you know, I think that you just have to find what fits for you and we have to find as dentists what fit for us. And I think that, you know, once you get a good, it's just like, you know, you get to choose your family members in an office, you know, and you never get to do that anywhere else. So I think that if you find a family in an office that you love, then you'll know that it's right, you know, and it's going to be right. You'll find it. It just takes time, you know.
0: Yeah, so you guys don't get discouraged. In fact, if you, um, okay, here's my question. I think this might be the last one, Holly. So, okay. all right. At what point in your production goals do you decide to bring on more dental assistants? Here's what I've been seeing, to be specific. I have a lot of dental assistants that are working solo. But their schedule is more like a two dental assistant schedule. Like how as a dentist, what are some good key indicators of when it's time to expand your team?
1: So I would really like, I mean, as a dentist, I would love it if my assistant would tell me, you know, hey, I feel like I'm not able to do the best job possible. Because who wants to be a mediocre dentist? Nobody, nobody comes out of dental school saying, I just want to be mediocre. You know, I don't, I don't care, you know, whatever. I just want to be okay. You know, I want my dental assistant to tell me, look, yes, this is hard. I was surviving without it and it was hard and I was surviving without it. But now I'm to the point where I don't think that I can do the best job possible for my patients.
0: Yeah, so it's, and, it all comes back to communication, right? Like, so- Exactly. Strong-willed dental assistant as an educated dental assistant you guys need to be able to evaluate your situation. Maybe they're not key indicators as far as production goals and, you know, double booking, but what can you handle and what starts to take away from your chair side capabilities? Right.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Cause if you're making a crown and you know, you're like, Oh man, I'm just going to blow through this like a temp, you know, and, and it doesn't work and then you have to go back and do it again. You know, that's costing you even more time. So at the end of the day, and materials, and at the end of the day, you know, it's better to call for help when you need it, you know, and if you're burnt out, nobody wants their best assistant in their practice to be burnt out assistant, you know what I mean?
0: Yep. And it is true, because like, I remember, so here's one of those woe is me stories. So it was a bridge prep, and it was right before lunch, and the dentist left me in the operatory to make the bridge. Well, mm-hmm. of course nobody came to check on me. And here it is. I blew through that hour making like three attempts that didn't work. And he comes back in, he's like, You're still here? And I said, Yeah. I said, I just I can't get this the temporary bridge to seat. Well, it turns out it was before I understood path of draw. And um I don't even know how we got the final impression, to tell you the truth. But it was okay. <laughs> it was it, it came down to like I, I would I would never advise anyone, if you have a dentist out there that's going to leave you and not be a part of the team and, and and check on you, I love when we communicate, hey, Rhonda, how's it going over there? You know, I'm like, okay, doc, the CERC's not stitching together. I'm trying to get this, um, you know, the Cluesal guide done or whatever it have you. It, it was the, that communication, like just, and I think it goes both ways, you know, Den- DAs talk to the dentist. Hey, here, I'm struggling instead of them having to show up 30 minutes later and you're still doing something they could have helped you with.
1: Exactly. And that's how that burnout
0: happens is because you don't realize where your weaknesses are and then you try to pretend that they're not there and then it ends up being this giant ball of stress because nobody's communicating.
1: Absolutely and then you have a hard time for the rest of the day not being able to do like super easy things that you're actually good at and like doing you know and the dentist that I worked for, we had radios that we would talk to each other. And if he noticed that I was, you know, going a little bit long in a room, which you know was really long for me because I can't make it time because I'm a dental student, but um, he would just, you know, message me, "Hey Holly, how's it going?" You know, just like super relaxed, super chill. But it would let me know that I'm kind of running a little bit overtime, and if I needed his help, now's the time to go for it. You know?
0: Yeah. It's true because so. you know, the patients suffer, the dental assistant suffers, the doctor suffers, like by not communicating and realizing that you know there are some things I'm not good at yet, and that could be for right. both parties, you know, like some dentists, you know, especially if you're if you're out there, you're practicing in the world, and you realize I'm not the best at placing sectional matrix. I'm not, yes. you know, but I have this assistant who's got some experience and I, you know, I've given her a shot. I've let her show me that she can get that contact between 18 and 19 on point with her matrix, mm-hmm. like, and understanding, you know, okay, well, this is, I'm hiring, I'm hiring my weakness, you know, like, and, and especially if it's something you don't like to do and having a go-getter team member who says, Ooh. you know what, hey doc, I notice you really don't Doing that is that something that you'd be willing to delegate so that I could get better and better and become more efficient.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and I think my, the doctor that I work for did it in a really great way because he was like, you know, I got to go check this hygiene appointment. Let me just give you this, and you can just put it on there and give it a shot. And you know, like I, it, he came back and he's like, yeah, that's great. Let me just show you one other thing that you can do to make it perfect. But now I'm going to have you do that. You know, and it was great. Like I think that talking to your doctor and saying, look, these are my skills. This is what I like. This is what I'm not great at, but I do enjoy still doing it. And I would love to learn, like teach me, you know, and if your doctor is a good one, then of course they want to teach you. They want to do as little as possible as, when it comes to putting things on that we hate, you know, like so that I can utilize that.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's so true. And it's, 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 it's a skill that most dentists need to implement is, is being uh, flexible you know what? Yes, you can do it, but you shouldn't. Like there's a reason that there's different positions in the office um, that you're supposed to hire so that you have less stress. And then you just have to take a little bit of work on the front end to train us properly the way you want it done. And then just let us go. Let us help you build a, a beautiful practice. That's super productive. Everybody is happy. All the patients are happy. Like it's, there's a science to it. There really is.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's possible. Like, it can happen. Like, it, I think if you go into a practice and when you first start, just tell the doctor that you love to have communication, you know, tell them where you're at. And I think that communication, obviously, that's kind of been the theme for today. Like, you know, just be able to tell the doctor and have them be able to tell you, you know, because I like it when they tell me that I haven't done something right rather than just adjust it themselves, you know, like, as I'm sure you've had that happen. They just fix it themselves and don't tell you what you did. And you can't even tell, you know, what they changed. But I think as long as, like, you have an open communication line and you say, this is what I like to do, and they say, well, I like to do this, then you can make it work. And it can be efficient, and you can have a great time at work. It's not a, you know, mystical creature, like, out in the middle of nowhere that you can have a practice where everybody's happy and likes to come to work every day, you know?
0: Yeah, there's definitely implementable practices. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, because yesterday... So we prep number two, I mean, the decay went basically way below the gum line on the distal buckle and this poor child is going to need a root canal and a crown lengthening procedure before we can even restore the tooth. Well, mm-hmm. so I'm scanning because I'm, I'm helping the newer dentist learn how to scan and um, she's having a really hard time picking up one of the, the, the prep sides on the distal buckle and so I go over there, I was like, do you realize that there's a void here because of your it's not, perp- it's not parallel, like there's an undercut. So, and, and by communicating with her why we weren't, be, we weren't able to get that scan, we were able to both grow from it. So what does that do? The next time she preps a tooth, she's gonna look at that one key part because she's gonna know that as a dental assistant, I'm gonna bring it back to her, and say, I can't marginate this for you because you have an undercut. Instead of me not communicating with her, and, and not trying to, to solve the problem, and then going all the way to the design phase, you get this, you know, smart milled out, and it won't go on.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, and, and I the, think,
0: yeah, I
1: think that assistants are scared, too, a lot of the time, and, and as a dental student, I love it when people tell me things that I've missed, you know, maybe not in 40 years where they're like, oh, that's kind of crappy. And I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, like, I love it when people tell me stuff because I really don't know. Like, sometimes I really can't see stuff. You can only see so much from one angle through loops, but don't give you a very wide perspective, you know, so I love that. And I think that if you realize you have a doctor that's open to that, like, you should find your niche and see if you can come into the practice being able to, like, honestly tell them what you see.
0: It's, you know, it's so true. Like yesterday we were um, doing a quadrant worth of fillings, right? And the dentist is looking at, well, you know, removal and then ideal composite restoration and then bite. But it's my job as a rockstar DA to look for that extra bonding to make sure that Mm -hmm. the patient is comfortable with the polishing, you know, like, cause you guys, you have to micro focus on so much. It's our responsibility to look at the stuff that's not in, you know, in the, the grand scheme, like the, the. The little stuff, It was my job to go and scale those teeth and get that extra bonding off because I know as soon as I take that rubber dam off, that's all the patient's going to (laughs) feel.
1: Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, that's super great. Like, I think that if you're an assistant that can say it in the right way and do it without undermining, you know, how the doctor feels about their work or make the patient question how they're doing, like I think that you can put together a really, really good partnership.
0: Yeah, I love it. You know, I'll even take the instrument and I'll just point to something on the tooth if I can see an angle where that composite's going to be sharp to the tongue. You know, yeah, it's just exactly. little stuff like that. Like you said, I see different stuff from my side of the chair, and I don't have to, you know, because we're a team, I just grab the instrument and I hold it there and then she takes the flame burr and goes right over it, done. Like it's perfect. It's like the dance. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so important. I, I think that that's like a hallmark of a great team. So, yeah, I think that, you know, all dental assistants, I guess, is a takeaway. You know, they just need to realize that they're an integral part of the team and doctors need to realize that they are too, you know, so and they're invaluable. Like if you have a good assistant, you can do procedures that you didn't think that you can do, even as moral support. Like it's very nice to have someone just there and knowing that they're going to be there the whole time. You know, I I think that that's just great.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, just to snuff out any rumors, there's no way that an isolite is going to take the place of a dental assistant, guys. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's there's no, between the patient care uh, and sterilization and all the other moving parts, like an isolate, if your dentist likes the isolite, that's okay, because I delegated more responsibility. If you're not needed there for suction, like don't think of exactly. it as a, uh, you know a job taker. It's so
1: funny. No, you should see my room; how <laughs> messy it is. Oh my gosh! If I'm by myself, it's awful. I can't find anything. Oh man,
0: <laughs> DAs, you have a place. Um, And and thank you so much, Holly, for coming on the show. And we cannot wait to see what amazing things you do with your career. And uh, we're definitely going to want to catch up when you do graduate, because we're going to want to know all about like, the first couple of years of being a dentist and, and, and having the experience of being a dental assistant and, and seeing it. Okay, wow. Yes. Now I understand why I was stressed out here because maybe you could just give us key markers on um what dental assistants need to carry as far as the ball to the end of the the goal. I, I'm not really good at sports analogies
1: but <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be your ally on the dark side. We love it. <laughs> thank you so
0: much, Holly. Of course, thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of D.A. Rockstars. Thank you so much, Holly, for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. We are so excited to see where your journey takes you. If you need to get a hold of Jules Varney, Dental Assistants Rock, Instagram, Facebook, the website. If you need to get a hold of D.A. Rockstars, we have Instagram and Facebook. And as always, find your tribe. Dental Assistants Worldwide Group is a safe place for assistance, guys. This is where we share and grow and learn from each other and lean on each other for advice and help and just encouragement right because here's the deal we are not doing this alone you have got to find your tribe but until next week keep on suctioning